Welcome, Bills Mafia, to Bills or Bust, the podcast dedicated to all things Buffalo Bills. I'm Tom Murphy. Join in as we talk about the Buffalo Bills, of course, and also the other 31 teams in the league that will watch us win the Super Bowl or bust. Hey, 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 Bills Mafia. Welcome back to the Bills or Bust podcast. I'm Tom Murphy. We'd like to thank you for joining us. Uh, We know we've been on a three-week hiatus. Uh, No big deal. I've been dealing with uh, some medical issues, had some uh, respiratory problems here in the past three weeks. You've probably noticed uh, I haven't been able to edit out all my coughs in the past, like, four shows. But, uh, no, I'm on the mend. And, yeah, I'm going to blame. This all started pretty much around the time the Bills started to uh, go on their downward slump. So I am directly placing the blame on Sean McDermott. And to help me join uh, join in the blame game here is no stranger to the show, my good friend and Bills superfan, Meg Rechtenwald. Meg, thank you so much for being here. Murph, always a pleasure. And I love when we can blame the Bills for just about anything at this point. It takes a physical toll on us now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They usually are the, they are like usually a key component in like the woes of my life. If it wasn't for them, I like, I would probably have nothing to complain about. They, <laughs> they give us they, plenty though. Even in exactly. the season, they can still give us some ammunition. Yeah. But then again, few things when they are good, few things give me greater joy. So it's, I don't know, they're like a drug addiction, uh, you know, bad relationship. It's like all of that. No <laughs> it's the ex that you can't get rid of sometimes. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's been a crazy, you know, pretty much month since uh, we've last done the show. So much to talk about. uh, So much going forward. Uh, Before we start, I'm going to go with uh, the last trivia we had was before the Broncos game, which we had a good feeling about. Uh, Obviously, that's pretty much where a lot of people knew that this like if you didn't think that the season was in jeopardy, before then, it was definitely after that. So, in Super Bowl, before Super Bowl 26, we played the Broncos uh, in the AFC Championship beforehand. It was a 10-7 game. Who was the, who scored the only touchdown for Buffalo that game? Oh, God, I have no idea. This may have been around the time you were born. I know. This, game would, have, this game would have been in, uh, oh, actually, no, beforehand. This game was in... Uh, January of 1992. I was but a blip on the radar. I was a year and a half old, I think, at that point. Uh, I have no idea. That one, that one, that one baffles me. If you gave me a Super Bowl question, I got you. If you gave me the AFC Championship game, no oh, idea. Yeah. Big Bills fans my age, all of us would get this like, oh, an easy one. But yeah, it's a hard one because uh, it actually wasn't an offensive touchdown. It was a fumble return by Bills linebacker Carlton Bailey. Wow, that's a name yeah. I haven't heard in a while. I know it was, yeah, definitely the play, uh, play of his career. And actually, that um, we did so well in all the other AFC Championship games during that Super Bowl era, and that one we really struggled in offensively. And uh, we definitely needed, uh, uh, yeah, definitely needed that going on. So what you're but, telling uh, me is there's hope that even if our offense is sputtering, we might still be able to squeak into a Super Bowl with a fumble return for a touchdown. There, uh, definitely, yeah. You know, it's definitely... Uh, There's evidence the chances, that it can happen. Exactly. The chances with uh, the cover three in the last minute of a close game uh, really elimin- like really lowers the odds of that happening. But uh, <laughs> it, has, it has happened. And... Um, yeah, speaking of which, uh, and you're talking about, you know, the woes we have. Uh, do you have to remind you, two years ago, when, like, around this time of the year, I think we were, we weren't 6-6, six and six, we were 7-6, and six, and pretty much kind of on the outside looking in. Uh-huh. And that's five games left. We're 6-6. Six and six. There is a whole cluster of teams. Uh you know, in, in years past, especially like you know, last year, it's you know the Kansas Cities, the Cincinnatis. You have to worry about uh, the teams we're in competition with now. The beginning of the season, you would have just never thought. You know, we'd be like worried about like, oh, I hope the Texans lose this week. <laughs> never. Know? 
Oh, asked me that question for the next 10 years and they never would have crossed my radar. Oh, yeah. Uh, not only them, the Colts, mm-hmm. uh, the Browns. Some people may have thought the Browns, uh, the Steelers. I had very little expectations for them. They're another one. And the Steelers, ever since they lost Big Ben, I've had a little soft spot for them. So it's a little hard for me to, to root against them now. But, you know, it's, you know, even like, uh, you know, when they're playing, you know, playing teams like the Bengals, which I hate. Like, I just come to hate the Bengals. And now, uh, like, yeah, just last week, like, before the Bills game, I'm, like, finding myself rooting for the Bengals, which is just, it's really tough for me. Well, it's a lot easier when there's no Joe Burrow. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, uh, but speaking of the Bengals, they just won last uh, night on Monday Night Football with the backup quarterback, Jake Browning, goes into something I've been seeing on Twitter a lot, a name we're going to be mentioning a lot on this program today saw a tweet that said Zach Taylor had more faith in his backup quarterback than Sean McDermott had with 20 seconds left with Josh Allen. Yeah. And that is pretty much where we're at right now. I've gotten to the point, I think I was one of the late defender, like later defenders of McDermott, you know, even just a few months ago, I'm like, yeah, he's not perfect, but you know, you get rid of him. You have no idea what you're getting yourself into. Right. Uh, Pretty much the Eagles game uh, was like the absolute last straw. I was starting to feel that with the Denver game. And even though it was such a great team, it it was just that proof that it's like we are rarely ever going to win these close games with Sean McDermott as coach. It's harder and harder to watch the excuses after games too because it's the same talk track every single time. And it's like, when are you going to wake up and learn? You're getting out coached every single time it matters. You're getting out coached in a higher weight class at this point. And he's just never, I don't think you, I don't think you can teach an old dog your tricks, but we've got 0 and 6 and overtime records to prove that he's just not the guy to get us over the line. And can you solve that with a really good, you know, number two, number twos, right? Having a really solid offensive defensive coordinator. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We haven't figured that out either. I know, yeah, and it's uh, and it seems like the defense is, you know, that you're often they're keeping us in these games, and then it's just at the end they crumble, and it's it's hard not to think it's like are these are the players like I don't think the players are just uh, you know, completely just losing it in the end. It's these schemes of you know just allowing allowing teams just to march down the field against us and almost hoping time runs out. Right. Hoping, hoping they miss a field goal, which no, t- I can't remember the last time a team missed a field goal uh, against us in the last minute of either a half or or a like regulation. It just doesn't happen. No, and, you tend to yeah. rely too much on somebody missing a fifty-nine <clears throat> yarder in the four down rain, but God, that's, that's like, our best defensive strategy that we have. Oh yeah, I think the rest of the world was saying like, "No way, he's going to make this," and I was like, "There's no way he misses this." There's no way, right? Exactly. <laughs> Every Bills fan on the planet's like, "This game's over. Forget it. Like, we're out." Everybody's turning off oh, yeah. because we know he's going to make it. Oh yeah, and then I know we're going to overtime, and it's again, you know, the reason we drafted Josh Allen is so we had the opportunities to, you know, twenty twenty seconds left with a timeout. It could be enough for Josh Allen to at least, you know, get down and try a, you know, try a field goal. And, you know, I know Bass Bass was not having a great game that game, but, you know, you you have to make some effort, especially knowing what your track record is in overtime. And not even that. It's also the fact you could lose that coin toss. Well, yeah, exactly. And that's the same thing I said to my friends as we were watching. I'm like, it's it's unreal that it comes down to a coin toss sometimes for us that we can't scheme a game plan strong enough to say it doesn't matter what it is like we've got this and we never Mm -hmm. come out with that confidence we look like a deer in the headlights every single time i know and it was like we were doing well on that drive and obviously you know there was miscommunication on that last touchdown or that like i keep calling it a touchdown should have been a sure touchdown uh i definitely feel brady Mm -hmm. davis's this yes yeah, yeah. davis is this uh yeah i'm gonna put the blame on davis i have a feeling he ran the wrong route i think that's been 
I think that's been a problem a lot of the year. I've been like <laughs> the choice between putting blame on Gabe Davis or Josh Allen. I'm a thousand percent going to put it on Gabe Davis. Like, yes, exactly. Yeah. It's like, hmm, like let's look at the history of both of them. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, Who is more clueless out of the field? Oh, exactly. And it was, uh, I mean, I can just go back to like my exact moments, you know, I'm sitting on the ottoman at my dad's place as soon as he throws, because he also, Josh threw that ball with like, that ball left his hand with so much confidence. Yeah. Too. And then I it's like, this. like, this is my oh, guy, yeah. we're going. Oh yeah. And I, I, I stood up free celebrating and then, you know, I just, I pretty much like, I just froze and I was like, there's no way we win this game. We're good because I just know so we're it's gonna... your fault, Murph, is what you're telling me. You started to pre-celebrate. I'm pacing because my anxiety is off the charts, wondering what the hell oh, is going to yeah. happen. <laughs> All was, your uh... fault. Oh yeah, no. I thought I thought that was just a strike touchdown, and it's like we were going to have the, uh, you know our biggest win, and then we were just going to like you know sweep the rest of the season, and Super Bowl was ours. Nobody's going to come close to us. And then right then and there, and I was just like, I just knew I was like, there is zero. We have a zero percent chance of stopping this Eagles team, and in an instant, literally, it was over. Right, Absolutely, like the hype yeah. was there going into halftime too. You know, we we had the fire and the fury and the momentum, mm-hmm. and it looked like we actually had a solid game plan. Josh <clears throat> Allen continues to actually be unlocked in ways that he hasn't been for eighty percent mm-hmm. of the season, so it felt good. And then in an instant, it's like we're right back there. It's we just can't oh, yeah. we can't make the big plays and it's infuriating mm-hmm. it's only uh, yeah, oh, worse too we're gonna lose some of these guys that we can't pay next year oh, when all yeah. these big contracts start hitting and it, yeah. it's gonna be even harder i know yeah we're going in we're going uh i think 29 million in the red next year so it's kind of fun i'm going all over the place now but yeah even if we wanted to get rid of mcdermott like this at the end of the season which uh is not going to happen from all the sources I've heard, Bean and Peg Pagula just love Sean McDermott. It's going to take, it's probably going to take like a four and 13 season next year to get rid of McDermott. And, you know, I, I, I'm going to say later how I, uh, how I think the rest of the season is going to go. Okay. But uh, yeah, he's not going to do enough to get himself, to get himself canned this year, but also like, no, like no prime, no prime coaching candidates. You know, you we have the thing of having Josh Allen for us. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a huge thing. Uh, going to a team that's mine at like 30, 30 million over the cap is something like a new coach really doesn't want to do. So you kind of have those things like fighting each other. So right. who wants that job? At the end of the day, there's not a whole lot to do with yeah. that. Like, yes, we have a great quarterback, but we're going to be losing most of our players and we can't sign any. Yeah, but then you could get a guy like Joe Brady who's just like, he's my guy, right? Like, you give me Josh Allen all day long over everybody, mm-hmm. which is why I love when he's wearing that hoodie at his first practice and then every practice thereafter, <laughs> Buffalo versus everybody. Like, give me more mm-hmm. of that energy. Like, maybe we can get somebody that, that can do that mm-hmm. that actually has more of an mm-hmm. analytical mind. My five oh, pick is the singular, I would say, biggest pro Josh Allen analyst in all of televised sports coverage right now. And I oh think he would be brilliant. Oh, man. It's not Tony Romo? No. Oh, God, no. <laughs> if Tony <laughs> Romo ever came and coached the Bills, I'd be out. Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't I know. Had to listen to him. No way. I, I don't think he's much of a coach as he is just like an excited That's fan. That's a good football play. Did you see that football yeah. play right there? That's a good football play. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of uh, Bill Cowher. No. So it's probably less obvious. He just went on a huge rant the other day, though, about Josh Allen. And because everybody out here, it's, it's like we judge him differently. Essentially, mm-hmm. we as a media and organization or me as we as a media coverage, you say we judge him differently. Why do we hold him to a higher standard when you look at his numbers? Yes, he's leading. Everybody looks at leading mm-hmm. the league in interceptions. But you look at the last three or four years, the only quarterbacks that have had slightly better stats than him. Mahomes mm-hmm. and Burrow and Hurts exactly. one of the years. Yeah. It's like he's number two or three in most of those categories mm-hmm. every year. So how can you continue to say that it's his problem, that he's not good oh, yeah. enough because he is? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Of course he does. Would we like less of those? Yes. But at least he's trying. 
And he goes out there. Eagles game was a good example of this. Mm -hmm. He went out there and he's like, come hell or high water, I'll put this team on my back and do whatever I have to do to win this game. But it wasn't in his hands. Yeah, when you're scoring, when you're scoring four touchdowns, like a four to one inter- like touchdown interception ratio was pretty nice. I've said it, I've kind of said it before. The days, uh, the same friend I'm talking about, Mister, uh, I was talking about earlier before the show, Jason Thurston. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be embarrassed that I'm bringing this up, but uh, back in the day, he was a big Tyrod defender, which I was too. Up until, yeah. up until the playoff game. Remember in the playoff game, I was like, he's going to show us what he's made of in this playoff game. And he did. He did, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> and then I, stay in that moment. I know, and I could not defend him anymore. But, you know, when I was thinking, it's like, we may just have to move on from this guy. And there's like, why are we going to move on from a guy who throws four interceptions a year? Because one of those years, he threw like four interceptions. And it's like, believe me, give me a guy, like, give me a guy who can get like us 30 touchdowns. And like, I'll, I'll give them double digit touchdowns. Because the same year he had four interceptions, he had like 14 touchdown passes. Yep. And it's like, ask and you shall receive. It's like, we've gotten like the, you know, the touchdown and turnover king. I think is close. I think he's closer to Brett Favre than he is Jameis Winston. So I, agree. I think we're doing good in that aspect. And it's also, you know, uh, and I'm not. I am gonna. I am gonna say. I do think Mahomes, on the whole, is a better quarterback than than Allen. But I also don't think there are many quarterbacks in the history of the NFL that are as uh, just good overall as Patrick Mahomes is. But Patrick Mahomes, the past couple of years, has not exactly, you know been doing the old Aaron Rodgers numbers like he's he's been like one or two interceptions under Allen which when you come to think of it is really it's really not that much but somehow he he is completely forgiven because of the obvious the two Super Bowl rings and the better overall record yeah it's it's I don't I don't know I um I keep thinking about why, like every time I watch Mahomes, I'm like, yes, he's on, he's unreal. Like he's just superhuman in so many ways, but I would still pick Josh Allen over him any day of the year. Oh, talent wise. I don't think it's a question. No, it's not, but it's, it's, I think the huge gap for me is it's very obvious when Dable left, they lost somebody that knew how to coach this guy. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just like he's had different guys in his ear and in his head. And, you know, he's seen so many coaching changeovers. You could argue that a good quarterback, it shouldn't matter at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But he's still in that crucial development point of he had just turned into the guy that we all knew he could be that they signed him for. And then all of a sudden he lost that. And so it's, it's, I think he was failed in a lot of ways with, you know, play callers who didn't understand how to a tame some of the chaos that he can be known for, but also oh, encourage it and be creative around it. Like, God help us. And I, and I know I keep talking about him and I know you hate him, but McDaniels comes in and he's just got so much creativity. And it's just, you can tell mm-hmm. that team is having fun. It's one of the most com- mm-hmm. complicated offenses in the league. And we've never seen anything like this before. Mm-hmm. But they're having fun and they've got ideas and they're doing something different. And they don't have a quarterback that's half as good as Josh Allen. Oh, oh better weapons is, around him, sure, but they don't have somebody who's even half as good as Allen at that point. And look at what they're doing. So it's like uh, how yeah. we not. It's like infuriating. As, how have we not figured this out yet? I know it's yeah. It's just uh, like, and I feel like this team is even. Uh, you know, in 2022 and 2023, I, I think overall this team has gotten like better talent wise. Yes. You know, our defense, the depth on defense is just insane. And somehow the production is just worse. Uh, you know, and it comes back to like the coaching. You know, you look at like we're in the we're in like the top of all of these stats across the board. And then the difference in our season, you look at it, is we have bl- like four games we've had, we've blown in the like in the last uh in like the last like four four minutes at most most of them are in the last minute yeah that we're just we have just blown and we have yet to lose a game by more than uh more than six points this year you know you could go we've we had some games two games we sh- possibly should have lost but then you but you look at the other way and we could we could be a 10 and 2 team 
but we should definitely be better than the six and six. And it is like you said, once we lost Dable, like Josh, Josh seemed to be like one of the most cocky quarterbacks in the entire NFL. And we did lose, he did lose a lot of that. And it was like a slow progression. And he just, you know, you could even see it in his eyes where, you know, like when it get down to it, you, you know, he's, he didn't have that oomph to him. And we're starting to see now, like in just in the past two games, that he has that back. I don't care how much he loves Dorsey. He, you know, there's... You can love the guy. It's going to be the same conversation we have about McDermott once he's gone. You can love the guy all you want, but it doesn't mean he's the right guy for the job. Exactly, yeah. And no, you're starting to see that back. And I'm uh, I'm dying to see what we do this uh, this week against Kansas City. Because uh, as we know... You're I don't dying, think- I'm terrified. <laughs> I, yeah, that's the thing. It's uh, I think we're a better team than this team, and also you can talk about the drops that Kansas City has all you all you want. Uh, like teams' weaknesses seem to disappear against the Bills. One hundred percent. You know, it just like it's just one of the our best games against us. So God help us when one of the best teams in the league comes and plays us in this moment. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Mac. Yeah, Mac Jones going like you know throwing ninety percent. We made it look like they had Tom Brady back at that home in some cases. It like made me want to throw a remote at my TV. I know. And like also, yeah, the Giants, like the New York Giants have been giving up about eight sacks a game this year, it seems, and we managed two right. against them. And, and we're one of the highest sacking teams. It's just all of these things. Like that I'm I will say that. So one hundred percent. But at least that's one of the things. And we came out on fire. And part of this too, I think, to give the defense some credit in all of this is there's a lot of times those guys, by the end of the game, they look gassed because offense yeah. comes on the field and they turn the ball over. So I, mm-hmm. I think that there's two sides of the coin here, 100%. But I will say they came out on fire and they made Jalen Hurts question everything for the first three quarters of that game. He looked like a different quarterback the first half. And then they managed to adjust at halftime and uh, yeah. didn't. And you can't think they're going to come out and do the same things. You can't think that the Eagles aren't going to figure it out at halftime. They're the Eagles. They want to super, like, like, come on. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Crazy. Infuriating. Oh, I know. And it's like they, uh, Eagles are, are sometimes called like one of the best, like top five offensive lines in the NFL. And we were living in that backfield the first. Oh my God. It was our backfield. And and they've got some of the best offensive guys in the league. And we were living with, Backups in there, second and third string mm-hmm. guys who, you know, it's clear that in those moments we can do it. But why, why? Like if, if our practices from here until the end of time don't mm-hmm. just completely revolve around a two-minute drill or, you know, what happens in the first five minutes of an overtime scenario, mm-hmm. like shame on us. <laughs> that's oh, that's yeah. our biggest problem right now is how do we actually – when it matters, mm-hmm. things that we need to do. Oh yeah, no. I was like, I was saying during the game, and uh, you know, when I was watching, when I was watching ESPN the next morning, it was completely confirmed. Uh, like I had just, I had said to my dad watching the game when the Eagles' offense started to find their stride, which they hadn't. I said, I'm just getting this feeling, and this has been just over the course of you know seven seven seasons with McDermott, that he is probably one of the easiest coaches to adjust to. It's, you know, we can go back, like, you know, we can start like, uh, and it usually starts with good coaches happening that, you know, with that. And also in the next five games, I think we play four, four out of five coaches that are beyond superior to Sean McDermott. Uh Gardner's being the only exception. And they're probably on the same level, him and Staley. Yeah. And uh, like, I wouldn't even say Staley is worse than him, but uh, no, it just seems like, and I don't. I sometimes don't notice when I'm in the. In, I'm, I never watch a game like as an analyst. I'm just watching like, like you know, fucking score. <laughs> just stop them. I'm not like looking at the you know, like ins and outs and everything. Uh, the interception Josh threw. You know, when I thought like, oh, that was a bad pass. Uh, I think it was. I think Shannon Sharp the next day had said it was like that was like the fourth. That was pretty much the fourth time they ran that play. And you can tell Bradbury was just expect like Bradbury was just expecting it. He, he just to, and then he just you know he just mm-hmm. went after it. He knew exactly where the ball was going to be. And my dad and then, laying on the couch, who's never played a day of football in his life, <laughs> called the play before it happened. 
Oh, yeah. How do you think that some of the best coaches in the league aren't going to figure this out before the game even starts? Because we're a three-trick pony every game. Oh, yeah. And uh, and then also in overtime, I have not noticed this. The Eagles ran the uh, Eagles ran the same play, pretty much the uh, version of the same play, five times to go down the field. Just that, uh, you know, throwing to the short, like, to the short sideline from yep. that hash, that hash mark because that? we can't stop it. Throw it down our oh, yeah. <laughs> Exactly, and they and that's the thing. It's just the confidence, you know, like Sirianni or uh, I think Brian. They they have one of the Johnsons that are the big candidates. I think it's Brian Johnson is the coaching candidate, the offensive yes. coordinator. Yeah, and it's like he the confidence he had to just call that play so many times, knowing that knowing that the Bills were not going to stop it. Yeah, he'll get a big job next year for sure. Oh, yeah. And it's just, uh, you know, and and it was like back to Sharp because, you know, Stephen A is screaming like, it's just like, it's like, it's like, like, why are they running this play five times to success? He just goes, Sharp just goes, McDermott. (laughs) It's like. Right. Yeah. and, And I don't know. See, this is where it comes down to. How much is he controlling this team and how much is he dictating what those decisions are? Because if he is, because okay. I think, I, quite frankly, I think he's a control freak. And oh, I that's, that's been the rumor heart, about him. I think he has a heart, and you could see that in how stiff these guys were playing. For, like I said this weeks ago. They don't look like they're yeah. having any fun. Up until they fire uh, Dorsey, Allen mm-hmm. goes to the bench, buries his head in a tablet, and looks like a completely mm-hmm. different person he's he's the ultimate hype man he's the ultimate hype man and he's deflated oh yeah i don't know how much he is trying to control everything and how much he's saying no i don't want to do that or i only want to do this or i want to stick to the game plan i want to trust the process well what happens when it's the process that's fundamentally the problem oh yeah exactly i don't know it's hard to tell because he's wearing so many hats over there that you never know Oh yeah, I also like uh, I've been saying. I think this the statue of limitations on the uh, on the like trust the process that is just gone. We are past, you know. Gone. Start, Nobody like the, trusts anything. <laughs> yes, that art that art that arc is going down, and it's. Uh, I don't know. I turned, uh, you know, on the like the ten o'clock news that night in Buffalo, like uh, Channel Four. They're like, and Sean McDermott had this to say after the. I could not find the remote quick enough to turn it off because no. I could not. I could not handle. You had said is like, when is he going to learn? I know. I was about to say it's like he says that every game is like, and we'll learn from this. And it's they. They one hundred percent are not. And I'm telling you, the first thing that popped into my head was the Caddyshack meme of like, seriously, we're waiting. <laughs> when it, when is it going to? We're waiting. Yes. I could have done that press conference at that point because we've heard this same. I'm going to use the word ex- like excuse. It's the same excuse week after week after week. Mm-hmm. And it's just become a cover story for bad coaching. He just yeah. he won't sit there and say, I screwed up. I'm not good enough to come up with a better answer for this team. Like, what's, mm-hmm. what's the alternative? It falls back on somebody yeah. who's the only consistent one. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's, uh, you know, and I was watching, uh, you know, when the Cowboys – um, Thursday night football, the Cowboys played the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Uh, going into that game, you would have figured the Cowboys just would have like ran all over this team, but the Seahawks were like hanging in it. They had a good lead going into the end, and then they lost it. And I, I just kind of said to myself, I was like, "Well, that's a, that's what uh, that's what bad teams do in that oh, situation. They lose those games." And I realized we we are one of those teams that would have done what the Seahawks do, even though I think we are. You know, come on, Josh Allen, Geno Smith, just everything. I think we are completely better on the like on paper mm-hmm. than that team. But we are that kind of team that would have would have totally lost that game. I think they were up by eight with minutes left, and they lost by six. Yeah, and it's just like like I caught myself in mid sentence saying this. Like it's like yeah, that's what bad teams do. They lose. <laughs> <laughs> you have to choke that back because it's you got to look I at a mirror sometimes and like, say. We became yeah. that team years ago. That we oh, just, yeah. we, we we've always and I mean this is for as long as I've been watching the Bills at this point. So thirty years, thirty plus years, I won't admit how many. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> you know, for as long as I've been watching the Bills, we play down to teams. And we have a habit, we've always had that habit of playing down to lesser teams. 
Mm -hmm. Now our problem is we can't play up to the better teams. Yeah. And and we're going to go absolutely nowhere if we can't solve that equation. Mm -hmm. So there's two, we talked about Johnson. So there's two prime options. One super controversial after this year for head coaching options, whether or not you even think about it, who knows, but um, there's two high priority options or highly likely options for a new head coach. But my, you, we didn't even tell, I interrupted you last time and I'm not going to do it. I, I, well, I was waiting to see if you come around to it. I know, he, no. also, he wouldn't be the most likely one, but he's the mm-hmm. guy who said, listen, Bill should hire me because I, I know how to coach. Like not that he could coach the team, but he's like, I know what the problem is. I know what they need to do to be successful. Whether he was a head coach or not, like I don't care if you've coached before. McDaniels wasn't a head coach and he came in and looked mm-hmm. what happened with that team. Oh yeah. Dan Orlovsky. Dan Orlovsky, man. It's I you know, I do like him and he has uh He's you know, so smart and he gets it. Oh yeah. Aside from his propensity for ranch with wings over blue cheese, you know. We can, we can coach that out of him. We can coach that out of him. If he can come in and coach us to a Super Bowl, we can coach oh, yeah. him out of his affinity for the ranch. We'll we'll allow it. We'll we'll make an exception in this case. You know, I do like I think that is a huge it's a huge step for him. Uh I do like him as an analyst. He is and he is very he's always been very pro Josh Allen. Uh you know what? At at this point, I'd almost be like, you know, why not? Why uh, not? Exactly. That's uh, my point. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I definitely, I think Cower seems very happy uh, uh, doing the doing the analyzing, but I've always been a huge fan of him. Yes. Uh, yeah, and I'm. Yeah, I'm he also seems, seems happy. He seems happy. Borlowski is the one who's, who he keeps putting it out there in very subtle ways. I think he's <laughs> like. I can, I have the playbook for this team. He hasn't said I want to be a coach, mm-hmm. but I think he's, yeah. I don't know. Give the guy a shot. What could we, what could we lose at this point? I I know. Yeah, exactly. We're we're about to be a team that's uh, you know, in the top you know the top five of so many categories, and we're very much on the outside looking into the playoffs. That's you know, such a weird year, and I don't know that I agree with anything Brady ever says, because it's Brady by principle, but mm-hmm. you know, his comment around, he sees a lot more mediocrity in this team or in this league than oh, yeah. he was a player. And I don't know if it's that we've seen a lot of quarterbacks go down. Trevor Lawrence just went down, right? We're seeing a lot of these starting quarterbacks go down. Is that playing a factor? We're seeing rookies and backups mm-hmm. and undrafted kids come in. Um, some of them shooting the lights out. So it's like, it's been such a weird year and I can't figure out if that's, you know, just mm-hmm. by the nature of the year or what's going on. But um, it feels like this is very different than where we were last year. When we're looking at the AFC, all of these teams that have 10 plus wins that, you know, jockeying mm-hmm. at that point to see which of these rockstar teams is going to make the playoffs this year. It's like, oh yeah, God, the top four, it's kind of anybody's game. Yeah, well, so yeah, we talk about the uh, Bengals. There, uh, this guy Jake Browning, who you just think like, mm-hmm. you know, like who is this guy? Like, oh, Bengals, you don't have to worry about them. He goes right. and throws like three hundred and fifty-four yards. If uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm knocking on wood as I say it, but like, if we and that that has I, that has to go to coaching. You know, it wasn't like you know, Jay, like it wasn't uh, like Jake Browning wasn't ex- probably not exactly like. Rachel Lee Cook and she's all that, you know, it's, uh, it's, you probably didn't, there wasn't something like, Oh, we see something really great in this guy. They've probably coached him up to this point to make that team around him. If anything ever happened to Josh Allen and we've had to throw Kyle Allen in there, we would, we would probably be out of the game. next year. <laughs> it would just be like, Oh yeah. We, the game would be, the game would be over by. Yeah, exactly. And I'm all, I also said something, you know, cause, uh, you, you may be aware of who the right now the odds on favor to win the NFL MVP is. Hmm. I haven't even really been paying attention. And I don't think I want to know the answer. Oh yeah. It would be, it would be somebody you would have never expected in the beginning of the year. Oh, CJ uh, Stroud. Hmm? Oh no, it's actually, it's like Brock Purdy. Oh, 
Brock Purdy. I mean, uh, there, there's like everybody like second, third, and fourth is right behind him, but Brock Purdy has the record. Uh, he's having he's having great stats. I I guarantee you, if Brock Purdy was the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills right now, the Bills would probably be four and eight, three and three and one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's just that. Uh, the only reason is where we are is because of Josh Allen at this point. People can love or hate that statement, but you mm-hmm. take him away from this team, and we are nothing. Right? Oh, now. absolutely. Yeah. Where it's like the San Francisco is the opposite, where everything around everything around this guy is just you know phenomenal, and they have this such this creative offense. You know, they have McCaffrey, yeah. Debo Samuel. Like I, I could probably flirt. With, I could probably flirt with five hundred in that offense. I don't think I'd be. I don't think I'd be nine and three. But yeah. uh, like, it's just everything's designed. And I'm not saying Brock Purdy's bad, but it's just he's just good enough to be that. And I agree. And if like, and if Josh Allen was in that San Francisco 49ers offense, they they would not they would not come close to losing a game. No, they would go they would go twenty and zero, and that's what I say. Like we play teams close. If my dream for this year is for us to somehow go on this monster run, go to the Super Bowl, and just get like the floor mopped with us by San Francisco. Like when I watch San Francisco, I don't I don't think we would stand a chance for them. Just because well, like, uh, sleeper pick for the AFC though. So there's the whole conspiracy out there about the Super Bowl logo and the colors reflect, you know, the teams that are gonna be in it the last three years. It's been pretty accurate, but people can make it it's, no kidding. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. At least for the last three years, they've they people have been able to draw correlations. Mm-hmm. Because last year, the colors were like the Eagles green and and like a slightly darker green and then a bunch of like reds in Mm -hmm. the logo. So people are, people are crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if that holds true this year, as everybody's speculating about this, the two teams, which I still agree that one is a sleeper pick because I would not count them out in any stretch right now for the AFC. Uh, They're just not as talked about, I don't think, which is a shame for them. Um, you know, they're the flip side to us, meaning they're probably yeah. better than we are, but, you know, mm-hmm. getting actually a lot more positive buzz. Um, 49ers. Yeah. I think they can go all the way. There's not a reason they wouldn't at this point. I, oh, yeah. They're, they're my pick to win it all. And the Ravens. The Ravens. Oh, I could see the, I could see the Ravens. I definitely could. Uh, I think they're going to shock all of us. And I say that in the sense of they're not the darling of the mm-hmm. NFL by any stretch. They're not the Chiefs. They're not, uh, you know, the, the team that anybody would say, oh, I'm dying to watch that team in Super Bowl, but yeah. unless you're in Baltimore. But I think they could do it. And I think it could be their mm-hmm. year. Oh, they definitely could. You know, they have the, they definitely have the defense for it. Uh you know, and Lamar can get it done, and I think they have a great coach. Uh, I don't even want to say who I think is going to come out of the AFC. Uh, it's just, it's just in the back of my mind. I don't think they'll win it all, but I think, I think the Niners will beat the Dolphins in the Super Bowl. Oh, why do you have to say that? I just, I, I want to, you know, I want to, I want to will it out of existence. I'm never, I'm never right about these things for one. So. uh I know, yeah. but I hate to say you might not be wrong. Yeah, well, it's also just uh, <clears throat> the Chiefs. Also, the, you can never count out the Chiefs, but there is, there's definitely something off with them this year. And usually usually their woes are corrected right away in the beginning of the season. They've been off, they've been off kind of all year. They still manage because they are such a well-coached team. They've still managed happens. to be, yeah, eight and four. Exactly. You know, they're they're the team who's, finds ways they they're a team that finds ways to win where we're a team that finds ways to lose yeah and beat ourselves <laughs> exactly yeah they have, they, how we end up losing yeah they like you know kelsey aside they probably have the worst like the worst wide receiver room in the entire nfl yeah. and they're with the best quarterback and they're eight and four which again is terrifying when we look at this because that's going to mm-hmm. be the roadmap for us too going forward mm-hmm. thankfully we've got Digs locked up for a little while, but oh yeah, you know, we're not going. And we've got a guy like Shakir. Like we're going to need more Shakirs of the world mm-hmm. to come out 
and, you know, completely surprise us in some of the best of ways this season. Nobody was expecting him to go off in the way that he has. Oh, absolutely. I, I always, I always had high expectations for him. I knew he was a, I knew he was a steal in, uh, I knew he was awesome. He's just so fun to watch too. Oh, absolutely. And that's, he's just going to get better. It's going to make Gabe expendable. And, uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, on that, also that flip side, I think, uh, we're definitely gonna have to utilize cook to the best of our abilities this game. Yeah. Which thankfully they seem to have done like once after, again, this is all part of the Dorsey experience, that last game of his, when he got benched and I, mm-hmm. again, I don't think that was Dorsey that did that. I think that was McDermott that benched him. Yeah. So it's it goes back to who's at fault in all mm-hmm. of this, or I shouldn't even say fault or blame, but at some point mm-hmm. you have to look at the guy who's in charge of everything. Um, I I I don't know that that wasn't McDermott that benched him, and then he comes out and he's on fire. So was it really oh, yeah. him for that? Like he's a young kid and he's learning every time he goes out. It was his second fumble too. Right. Didn't right. It's like usually, usually that's the thing. Like that's what a good coach does, and it's just like you know, you know, shake that off, get right back out there, and do that as opposed to being like, okay, yeah, you're done, you're Unless done. For they, a and again, I'll never knock them to saying maybe they know better. Maybe they know that's what he needed to light a fire right. under him. Right. Sometimes that is what mm-hmm. they need, but that could be. You no, know, it just goes back to like he's just the last couple of games. It's just been such a reliable player like did mm-hmm. have so many drops last game too they are usually uh, locks mm-hmm. i mean yeah there were there, condi- there were condition issues especially i mean uh kincaid oh, dropped yeah. almost nothing and he he let that one kind of out of his hands and you know you still have to make you still have to make a lot of, just everything that could go wrong we we were i i'm Let's not even get into penalties and refing because that's a whole yeah. other. Uh, well, that's the one thing. I'm I'm one of the like I'm like one of the biggest haters of ref blaming. Like usually, like I've been at Bills bars where people are just like, "Oh, and the damn refs," and I just walk away because it's just like, "No, like well, you can't." But that was, it was getting... on ourselves. Yeah, so it's usually yeah. like nine times out of ten, we can't blame anybody but ourselves. Exactly. However, it was in that game. It was getting ridiculous. Where you know. Every every little infraction was getting called. I think like there was a hold on Dawkins where it was like, yeah, well, it was, but like you really have to be looking for that where like there were at least two pass interference not called on us where it was like a complete mugging. Yep, like it wasn't even close, and it's just like that's where you're like you're not you know you're not just not using the same rules for each one, and then that like violent horse. It was like a violent horse collar. And they throw, they call it intentional grounding. It's just, you know, that, at that, that point. That wasn't even just one bad call. That was back-to-back, are you kidding me moments of, of yeah. really starting to question. And and I agree. I'm not usually somebody that blames the refs either. Mm-hmm. But in those moments when you realize that these guys aren't doing this full-time, like they get paid mm-hmm. a lot of money to mm-hmm. do this for some of them 17 weeks and then some of them obviously stay into the playoffs, but make over $200,000 a year doing this time. And you can't tell me that, that that's just bad reffing, right? Like you can't miss that Mm -hmm. many things and blatantly call that many things on one team. Like, come on. It's just, it's, it's infuriating and makes me hate the NFL so much sometimes. Well, well, I was going to say, did you ever watch, uh, there was a, it was one of those like untold uh, documentaries on ESPN about the ref, uh, Tim Donahue. Yep. Where he pretty much, you know, the NBA wanted nothing to do with that documentary where he was pretty much, he was pretty much saying the NBA was telling you, it was like, you know, you let, you just let Jordan because Jordan was, Jordan was pretty much the identity of the NBA. Right. And it's, you know, and I want to give money. What makes more money at the end of the day? It's all, exactly. it's, it's all about the bottom line. It's a I know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's like, I mean, I kind of gave, cause they were, they did get some calls right in like in the, towards the end, but it almost felt like maybe that was because, Oh, cause the Eagles are at least finding their stride. We don't need to hold them to. Uh, yeah. Cause the Eagles are making a comeback. Yeah. Right. Like so, so you can't tell me that there's nothing there, right? Yeah. All of a sudden they're getting calls. Although I will say the two back to back on Jason Kelsey, and he even admits, I love the guy. He's mm-hmm. so humble, and he'll say like, "Yeah, that was me." <laughs> but yeah. I did it. 
I did it. <laughs> but even oh, that, yeah. like the fact that they called both of those though was mm-hmm. shocking to me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, it was uh uh, and that was the thing, because I've gone like, you know, oh, don't blame the refs. Don't blame the refs. We have nothing to blame but ourselves. And I was just infuriated that first half. And we still we still we still went into halftime with a 17-7 lead and we found other ways to blow it. But yeah. oh, know, yeah. we, no, we lost the game for ourselves. No yeah, we could have I think I think we could have gone in with an even better we could have gone in just dominating that game. And it's just uh, it's just the way the season's gone. Like I said. Seems like the good team, the good teams find ways to win. Like the chief, the Chiefs win those. The Chiefs win the type of games we lose all the time. Right, and that's uh, you know that's who we have coming up. Got the Cowboys after them, Chargers, Patriots, and then the Dolphins. Uh, Got to get going here pretty soon. But how do you see if you had to predict if you would like to? How do you see this season? unfolding the last five games i want to be positive so Mm -hmm. the optimist in me says we beat the chargers and we beat the patriots but quite honestly those are the only two teams that i'm looking at the schedule saying there is a strong probability that we could Mm -hmm. beat those teams i think the dolphins game is going to come down to where both of these teams are at by then because it could be a typical nobody Mm -hmm playing we could be fighting for our lives at that mm-hmm. point but it may not matter for the dolphins who might be sitting pretty so i think that game mm-hmm. is too unpredictable right now um i could just as easily see us going on five that, that that is a high possibility yes i uh because there's a part of me i either want uh i either want the bills of course to just like go like run ramshot through these five teams and go into the playoffs, no matter what, if it's just a six or seven seed, yeah. be on a high note, go five and zero, oh, which I know they're capable of, or I want them to rip the bandaid off so quickly. You know, we go one and four, we at least get a high draft pick and we know like the season just sucked and whatever. However, I have been a fan of this team long enough that I am almost positive to be willing to put money on this, that we will be nine and seven going into week 18 Mm-hmm. With a win and with a win and in uh, shot versus the Dolphins, and the Dolphins will probably have seating to play for. Right, we will go into the fourth quarter up ten, and we will lose by four. <laughs> I, you know what? You said it. We've got it recorded. It probably will happen at this point. My million dollar question is: Say we lose the next three games, mm-hmm. and there's zero. We're out at that point. There's we're out. Do you keep playing Josh Allen? Mm, I, you know what? I say, yeah, to, to like a point, just don't, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't say just pull him out. And uh, yeah, you see how these games are going. You take, we go up by 20 against the Patriots. You do it. I know people will disagree with me. I want like, I don't want to get swept by the Patriots. And, <laughs> I and will we, see that's that's the emotional fan in us that yeah, watched them beat us down for so many mm-hmm. years. And Julian Edelman is one of it was the funniest podcast moment I watched in a while, where Kelsey Brothers are asking him like, "What was the worst fan base you ever played against?" And he goes, "Buffalo Bills. They hated us, yeah. and we still do because there's a lot of." Oh, yeah. There. Well, we threw dildos on the field when they were in town. <laughs> <laughs> Just how you really feel. Um, yes, exactly. But I, if if we're Owen, if we go zero and three, and there's a zero percent chance we're making the playoffs, I'm yes. wrapping the kid in bubble wrap and putting him in the locker room and saying, "We'll see you next year." Because at the uh, rate yeah. the rate we're dropping starting quarterbacks this season too, that, like it's just yeah. it's, it's frightening. Oh, that is true. And that is, I mean, that is a good point. And that's why I was a little hesitant to say that. It's like, you know, if our last, if our last two games were against Arizona and, you know, Chicago, two teams that I just have z- zero animosity towards. Yeah. As opposed to the team, two teams that I have the most animosity towards. <laughs> well, that's why the NFL was brilliant and they knew how to actually yeah. make more money towards the end of the season. Because it used yeah. to be everybody's sitting their starters by the end of the season. Now, all of a sudden, we've got a ton of divisional games. Right at the end exactly. of the season. Oh, yeah. It's like they're brilliant for that. Because mm-hmm. it changes oh, yeah. the game plan. 
but I would sacrifice zero and five if we were if we knew we were out after the next couple games. Oh to yeah, not risk losing him for a year. Oh yeah, and that would be yeah that would be the band aid coming off uh, very quickly. Well, the thing is also I think if we lose the next two games, we have to we have to win one of the next two, the big ones, Kansas City or Cowboys to even like think we have a possible shot at the playoffs. I don't think nine and nine and eight. (laughs) Exactly. Nine and eight is not going to be good enough for a playoff spot this year. And especially with all of the tiebreakers that other teams have against us. It's like, there's very, there's very few teams that we are in the hunt with that. We have a tiebreaker. Right. Right. You know, it's so, uh, yeah, that's going to be, that's definitely going to be a thing. And, uh, so yeah, uh, Got to wrap this up uh, here now, but I want to give you the, uh, this is another old school question, uh, trivia question coming at you. So in the 90s stretch, you realize definitely where my uh, Bill's brain is. All of my trivia questions are from the Super Bowl era. So we played Kansas City twice in the playoffs that year in the 90, in the 91 uh, divisional round and the 93 AFC championship. Who were the two starting quarterbacks for the Chiefs in those games? And gonna let you uh, gonna let you answer that after we wrap up. But uh, Meg, thank you for coming back to the Bills or Bust, uh, you know, comeback show after a three week hiatus. Uh, yeah, we had a lot to talk about. We could probably still go on more, uh, I, but I think we covered everything. Got a lot about McDermott off our chest, and. Uh, yeah, thanks again. And we will be in touch uh, during this last run. Always reluctantly happy sometimes to be here. <laughs> always a pleasure. And I'm always happy to be on. Absolutely. And I'll make sure before, hopefully, we'll get you on after a, after a big win before the end of the season. Those are always more, those are always more fun than uh, having to come in after heartbreaking losses. I appreciate your optimism on that one, that there's going to be a big win. And we're going to hold on to hope, as we always do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm ready for KC. I think we can do it. Will we? It's always we can do it. Will we is always the uh, other question. But uh, thank you, Meg. And thank you, Bills Mafia, once again, for joining us on Bills or Bus podcast. We will see you soon. And let's go, Buffalo. Thanks again for listening to Buffalo Bills or Bust. Remember to like and subscribe, leave a comment, and let's go Buffalo! Buffalo Bills or Bust has been a Samurai Dinosaur production, copyright 2023.